This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shoftim. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Shoftim contains 41 mitzvos, 14 positive mitzvos, and 27 restrictions. The Parsha begins with the command that there be judges and a judicial system throughout the land of Israel, and as we know, the Torah is understood on many different levels. And so, the Shalah HaKadosh understands the opening part of the parsha. Shoftim v'shochim titen l'cha b'cho Literally, you shall appoint judges and officers in all your Sha'arim. Now, a Sha'ar literally means gates. Our scroll translates it as cities. But the Shalah Kadosh says it refers to each individual. Each individual has various gates, the different senses, speech, hearing, seeing. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives each person the ability to observe in a very literal sense. And you are to literally digest and take this information that God shows you and your life experiences present to you and you should literally conduct not only in the community but vis-a-vis yourself you shall conduct righteous judgment what does that mean? It means you are to be honest with yourself. And I'd like to share with you this morning a very powerful idea as suggested by Rebilio Schlesinger, Shlita, a Rav of Gilo, in his Sefer, Ele Hadvarim, on the Torah. And I'm going to share with you three different proofs from Tanakh to substantiate a very powerful idea. We find ourselves in the month of Elul. The Svardim are already saying Slichos. We begin saying Slichos a week before Rosh Hashanah. And I don't have to tell you that this is the time for introspection. The reality is that man resists change. And it's very important for us to know this because each and every person listening is going to think that we're talking about the next one. Really, each and every one of us knows that we're talking about ourselves. What does that mean, man resists change? Well, let's start with the very first man. The Torah tells us in chapter 2 that Adam HaRishon, who was created clearly outside of Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, the Torah says in chapter 2, Pasuk 15, God took the man and he placed him in Gan Eden, 
to work it, to guard it. And Rashi says, what didn't you understand? And he took. So Rashi says, as often is the case, it's not simply to take physically, but God spoke to Adam in a very soft gentle, persuading way and convinced him, cajoled him to enter. Meaning that wherever Adam was outside of the Garden of Eden he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to enter the Garden. And then once he is in the Garden as we know, he doesn't want to leave. And so unfortunately after he sins in chapter 3, what do we find? Verse 23 in chapter 3, God literally um, banishes and sends him out but clearly after that and he chases him he doesn't want to leave man resists change and I'd like to share with you three different circumstances from Tanakh bring a Tanakh to the table uh, tonight and you'll say to yourself I don't believe it. But I think it's so important that we see it first in others and then you know what to do, whom else to see it. The first one that we're going to visit is take a look in the Pasuk at the end of chapter 6 in the book of Yoshua. After the Jewish people complete the first conquest in the land of Israel, the city of Yericho. So chapter 6 in the book of Yoshua, verse 26 concludes, Vayashba Yoshua Yoshua, listen carefully now, placed a vow upon the people at that time, the nation. Orura Ish Lifnei Hashem, literally, cursed be the man before God, who will rise up and rebuild this city of Yericho, Jericho, with his oldest child, namely with the death of his oldest child, he will lay its foundation and and with his youngest child, the death of that child, Yatsiv Delosera. This was the curse that Yoshua placed that nobody should rebuild the city of Yericho. Now let us fast forward five centuries later. And what do we find, unfortunately, in the book of Milachim Aleph, chapter 16, Pasuk 24. We find over there the following, that, ouch, there was an individual whose name was Chiel. Chiel from Beit El. And what does it say? This is in the time of Achav. Biyamov, in the days of Achav, this is chapter 16, verse 34, in Malachim Aleph. 
in his day, he defied the curse of Yoshua. With the when he literally began and laid the foundation, his firstborn son Aviram died. And Uvisguv Tsiro And literally with the death of his son Saguv, his youngest one, he installed its doors. As Kidvar Hashem, Ashadibir Biyad Yoshua bin Nun. Literally, like the word of Hashem that Yoshua had spoken five centuries earlier. Now you're going to ask yourself, how could this be? Well, let me just tell you something else about this man, Chiel. He lived at the time, as I mentioned, of Achav. This was the time that Elio Anavi challenged the false prophets at the top of Harakarmel. They built two altars, and Elio said, that you are the majority, you go first. Whoever will bring down the fire from heaven, they are, that is the one who represents the true God. And so they went first, clearly knowing there'd be no way they can bring the fire down. So they needed a volunteer who would literally hide under the Mizbeach, the altar that they built, and somehow artificially and mechanically light a fire when they would call out, giving the impression that it had come down from heaven. Who was that volunteer? That volunteer was none other than Chiel. And what are we told by our rabbis that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent a serpent, a snake, who bit him? And this is found in the Yalkut Shimoni, in Malachim Aleph, Yudches. Again, a person, unfortunately, who believed in his ideology till his death. The second entry that I'd like you to look up is the following. There was a false prophet whose name was Hananiah, the son of Azor. And he lived in the time of Yirmiyo Anavi. And what he tried to do was to undermine all the prophecies of Yirmiyo, saying that after all, he is the true prophet, and Yirmiyahu is not. And so, what do we find? That in Yirmiyahu chapter 28, verse 17, the Navi tells us that Yirmiyahu promises this man that he is going to die. Now listen carefully now. He accuses him at the end of chapter 28 of Yirmiyahu. You Hananya, right? You have lied to the people. Lochain, 
Therefore, closing verse of that chapter, Koamar Hashem, this is what God has said, You're out of this world. You will die in this year. Because you have spoken falsely. The last verse of the chapter, He died in that year, in the seventh month. What does that mean? The, the new year starts with Rosh Hashanah in the seventh month. So Rashi tells you on the spot, He died as the Navi had predicted. That year he died on Erev Rosh Hashanah. And what was this man busy with on his deathbed? On his deathbed he was pleading with his children, don't bury me today, bury me after Rosh Hashanah, so it will look that Yirmiyahu was wrong, and so literally till his last breath, this man, when he saw Literally, the hand of God, the word of God, instead of saying Chotasi Ovisi Poshati, what does he do? As the Gemara tells us in Erevin 19a, Rishoim, Afilu Apischo Shogehenim, literally standing at the gateway to H E L L, Enam Chosrim B'tshuva. They do not literally repent. And finally, we go to the third entry. I hope you still have your Tanakh. And what do we have? We have regarding Yeravam ben Nevat, who unfortunately, as the Talmud tells us, is a chote umachti, literally a sinner and caused others to sin. So go to Malachim Aleph, chapter 13, verse 6. And what happens? The Navi comes to Yeravam, and the Navi says to Yeravam that there will be a slaughter of all these false prophets and proof the Mizbeach, the literally the altar that you are standing on and you are about to offer incense is going to crack and the incense is going to, uh, and the ash is going to spill. And so exactly what happens? We're told over there that Yeravam stretches forth his hand and sees him. He pushes, he pulls, extends his hand, and what did we taught? Vativash yodo asheshalach olav. The hand that he extends becomes paralyzed. shiva, and he cannot retract his hand. So what happens? Listen carefully now. So the Navi then goes and asks the Prophet of God, please, Pray to Hashem that my hand should be healed. And sure enough, the Navi does so. And what are we told? Listen carefully now. And it was as in the beginning. So the literal understanding is that it refers to his hand. Correct. Says the Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Kisisa. What does it mean? It was as in the beginning. Says 
Rauch, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Simon, in the name of Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi, Maborishona Omedu Makriv Lavodazara, just as in the beginning he was with his idolatry, even after this, that his hand was paralyzed, instead of saying, Chatasi Ovisi Poshati, what did he do? He went back to the Avodah Zarah. I began with the three words, man resists change. The famous teaching of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, that it's easier for a person to finish all of Shas, rather than change even one individual Midah. This is such a powerful idea. We're now in Elul. Don't look to the next one. Each person, shoftim v'shotrim, titen l'cha. Be honest with yourselves. That's the best way to please God. Finish this year and approach, please God, a new, more productive next year. Shabbat Shalom to all.